Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a really, really amazing gentleman on the show today. He's a good friend of mine. He, we've known each other now for a couple of years and this guy is absolutely a rock star. I can't wait for you guys to hear his story. So without any more from me, I want to welcome Dr. Scott Colonna to the show. Scott, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you for having me. I really am honored and I appreciate it. Dude, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. Like you are, you're the epitome of um, a, a true entrepreneur. I mean, you're you're just you're you're amazing at what you've accomplished. And and you know, I know I know some of the details and 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 where you've been and how you started. But I I want the I want the my audience to know. You know all about you as well so um why don't we start with telling everybody where you were born and raised so i was born and raised in new york city uh, i lived in three of the five boroughs growing up uh, brooklyn staten island and the east side of manhattan so uh, i was very fortunate to be raised there and learn a great deal from you know the atmosphere the energy um the ideas of being great in in that setting, you know, so um, I looked at it as a, a great blessing being raised there by my parents. Wow. So so you um, you said Brooklyn, Staten yeah. Island and yeah, the east side of Manhattan. Man so. Oh, OK. So you, that's like down in that's in the city like that. That is, that is in the city. You're talking, you know, um, subway, trains, buses, you know, that kind of public transportation. So we were we were right there in that. Um, and I loved every second of it, and I, I miss that atmosphere of it now, but uh, every time we go back to visit family, it's something that, you know, brings back an energy and, and gets you fired up to do more, you know, so. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, so being raised, I mean, that's like hustle and bustle. I, I, I've only been to Manhattan one time. I've been in the city. Now, I've, I've, flown into JFK and LaGuardia multiple times for layovers or whatever, but like I've, I've, I've only been down in the city once and, and I can remember walking through, I may have even told you this, this story, but I remember like I was walking through, I was on, um, um, Madison Avenue and I'm thinking, okay, all the TV shows I've seen, I'm, I know I'm going to get mugged. <laughs> and and somebody's gonna drag me into an alley and hold me at gunpoint and want my money. <laughs> and, and dude, it's it's so not like that in any way. Like in any way. It really, uh, I know you you see the things on TVs and movies, and it has these, you know, not a safe place and stuff. But I can tell you, over the last uh, twenty to twenty five years. Uh, the city has, has really improved on that. And, you know, every city has their issues, right? There's no perfect place, unfortunately, but it has been a, a really safe place and much safer in the last 20 to 25 years. So they've done a great job with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, in fact, I came home and I, 
I told my wife, I'm like, okay, we've got to make hundreds of millions of dollars because I want a penthouse apartment in Manhattan. <laughs> like, it, like, it, it is the top of the food chain, and you do have to yeah. generate a bunch of top-line revenue to get there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you sure do. It's, it's just I, the energy in New York City is amazing. So, so you went to grade school, high school, all of that in the city? I did. So I was there for uh, elementary school, high school, college. I left the city and then I came back and did my graduate school work to get my uh, doctorate back in New York City. So I was really uh, blessed to do that. And, you know, it's a uh, I can't speak enough about it. My dad worked in in Manhattan. Uh, he didn't start out working in finance. My dad hustled and uh, graduated just high school, never graduated college, and uh, he had tons of different jobs, worked in a paper factory, uh, drove car service, taxi-type cars, and uh, until he got his break um, in Wall Street, um, starting at the bottom, and, uh, and he worked his way all the way up to uh, a senior vice president, and, uh, and he just did it with hard work, understanding finance and numbers, networking, and uh, that's how I was brought up. That's where my financial uh, background really started growing up. So it's, uh, uh, I was very blessed to be around that atmosphere and learn from him and, and the people he was learning from. So I, growing up as, uh, because, you know, I, I, and this isn't a complaint, it's just a fact, but like I, I didn't have that, that, that parental um thing to look up to right and so for you growing up it sounds like you had a great you had some some great um role models in life i definitely did you know uh, starting with my dad and i've always had mentors and ironically all of my mentors were uh primarily in finance and business they weren't in medical right so <laughs> it's uh uh, I was the first person in my family to, to, to graduate college. My, my parents wanted me to get an education and, and learn from what they didn't accomplish. And, and I've been in a great field. Uh, I've, get, I've gotten to serve and help so many people over the 17 plus years that I've been an eye doctor. Um, and now I'm just serving them different, differently in the last few years than I was when they were a patient and I was their doctor. Wow. So you're an optometrist or an ophthalmologist? I am an optometrist. Okay. Okay. So, and the difference I think is what? I, I, I don't want to guess. I think it's yeah. surgery, right? Or something. The surgical level, exactly. So okay. the optometrist is more of your LASIK surgeon or cataract surgeon, um, where we're more in private practice, in office. Uh, think of us as your general primary care doctor for the eyes though. And we do have specialties and we can prescribe medications and yeah. do small in office procedures. But if it's a if it's a deeper kind of surgery, that's where ophthalmology is the specialist for those things. Gotcha, gotcha. So you've done that for almost 20 years. Yeah. And um, you, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your um did, did you i mean were you a typical kid though did you ever get in any trouble like or were you just like were you, did you wear a halo all the time uh <laughs> not wear a halo all the time <laughs> you know it's uh at times it it, it kind of appear like that i guess on social media where people are like you know do you ever do anything wrong and i'm like <laughs> 
Yes, I do. And we all have our things that are our challenges, right? Sure. No one is, no one is perfect. Uh, there are things that I battle with on a daily and weekly basis myself as a, as a person and as a father um, and a husband. And uh, those are normal things that we all go through, right? So, uh, but, you know, I remember, I don't know if my kids know this, but they're going to find out when they watch this. So <laughs> it was like seventh or eighth grade that I got in trouble. And my parents put me in Catholic school because the public schools were really rough where we were in, in, in that area of the city in Staten Island at that time. And, and I, I got detention for a whole year. Whoa. Um, yeah. So and it was <laughs> me and a couple of my other friends or whatever. And um, so there's things you always do when you're growing up and you are going to push limits and stuff, right? But yeah. uh, uh, you always got to uh, just surround yourself with the right people, right? That's what it's all about. So That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I was a normal kid, played sports. I played, you know, baseball, um, football for a few years and basketball. And sports background kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, in high school and in college too, you know. Yeah, sure. So you played sports in college as well? I did. I played basketball in college for a short amount of time um, before I was injured and actually uh, ended my career. So. Oh, wow. So, so let me ask you this though. I mean, you know, as a, was there anything that, because I truly believe that as, as children, you know, we're kind of influenced a lot. Like, you know, we, a lot of times it'll dictate um, who we become on, on, you know, for life, like, who, you know. So was there anything that, that sticks out to you that, that kind of, I mean, it doesn't sound like there were any other doctors in your family. I mean, what, what in the world? I asked my buddy this yesterday, like, why, why optometry? What, what made you go, I want to work on people's eyeballs? Right. You know, at first I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, which probably comes from my sports background. Ah. You know, um, watching lots of young athletes, especially in today's world, because they're playing so many organized sports, which we didn't when we were younger. So the the amount of injuries that they're going through and concussions and uh, reconstructive knee surgeries in certain sports or at such a younger age, I think I saw that as a way to, to help people, you know, going forward. I did always in the back of my mind think about going into finance because that's where most of the people I knew uh, family-wise and, and friend-wise were going into, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I'd say where I where I changed my path was – I wanted to go into a place where I could serve families. I enjoyed meeting families. I enjoyed taking care of children and getting the results of them doing better in school with their school performance. And when I was just visiting different practices, I stumbled upon an optometrist in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And just by visiting there and having that personal connection with the families is what kind of got me going in that direction. So it was a it was it a a particular person like the doctor maybe in that practice that you were like wow yeah um you know it was someone where he, he was recommended to me by a friend and they said you know go take a look at and meet him and 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 it was just one of those things where the whole office kind of took care of the patients and my specialty once I got out was I saw patients of all ages, but mostly infant and pediatrics. Mm -hmm. I care is what I did for these past 
you know, almost 18 years. So I enjoyed that passion of, of helping children um, and in any area. So that's that's kind of where it all stemmed from for me. Wow. So the, the root is the, the love of, of helping children. Yeah, that's where it's really started for me. So and it's it led to my, you know, coaching sports. I coached sports even before uh, Terry and I had our two kids. Um, I always enjoyed being involved and I believe in, you know, and in, in structure and teamwork. And uh, and it's helped me build the company here with uh, my partner, Dr. John Armando. You know, uh, yeah. we both have, you know, those types of backgrounds and where the sports kind of kept us out of trouble for the most part. And yeah. we learned from our coaches about teamwork and and leadership. And, and now we, we put it in our own businesses and, and we're helping other businesses develop that inside theirs. Wow. So, so you, um, started now when you came out of optometry school, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and got your degree there, you said you went back to, or is that what you got that in New York? You got your optometry. Yep. I got my degree at the state university of New York, which okay. was a state school. So it was a lot more affordable than going to a private sure. school for growing up. And, and that's a big, obviously issue. Um, for a lot of students and, and doctors grow, uh, graduating today of how much debt they're graduating in, you know, three, four hundred thousand plus. So it's very challenging as far as that. Yeah, it's uh, it is definitely not cheap to go to any kind of medical school. It's true. Definitely. So so you you came out now. Did you immediately go start your own practice or you worked in a practice for a while or how, how did that all happen? So. My partner, John, and I, we knew we wanted to own our own practice together and be partners. And we visited practices up and down the East Coast, some out in the West Coast. And we were looking for the best opportunity to purchase a practice from a retiring doctor where we could both work together and own it and build it. Because we figured we weren't making money in graduate school. So the best time to do that would be right after graduate school and continue that sacrifice. Because if we went and worked for somebody else and you start making a greater salary, the chances of going back and taking those few steps back financially are are much more, it's much more challenging, right? When you start going up, making and working for somebody else and then have to take a step back to buy your own. So uh, we bought a practice together from a retiring doctor in Providence, Rhode Island, um, and, and we knew that we needed to, it wasn't big enough for the both of us. We were both working two and a half days yeah. a week to start, right? Cause it just wasn't big enough. Right. And we learned a great deal about the industry in the beginning and the sacrifice we made for, we started out with seven employees in total, including John and I, and, um, the first three years where we took our lumps, right? But, yeah. um, but that's what it's all about. It's that initial sacrifice. And then the financial background that we both have and that I grew up with really lent us to being, I believe, much more successful right off the bat. Because most doctors are not trained in the financial part of owning a business. Right. You know, right. We're, tra we're trained in the skills on how to take care of patients. So yeah. that background definitely helped us. Um, catapult it to where it is today and uh it's just grown every year since we started and we now uh have over 70 employees in total um and turned it into a large group practice 
all optometrists with different specialties that service and help people in our community. That is incredible. Now, when I met you, you had 55 employees. So you're just like, you're just like going crazy, man. Yeah, we're really, uh, you know, we're very blessed. We have, we're surrounded with a great work family and, and the people in our community are, are just amazing that they keep talking about their experiences here. And, and we're by no means perfect. We're always trying to improve on things, right? Yeah. So, um, but they respect that we're always trying to improve on things and we, we listen to them and we, we, we get surveys from them and we kind of work backwards, you know, here at Westminster where we're listening to the patients and to our staff on how we could do things better. And, yeah. and then we rewrite our protocols from that because the doctor is in the room most of the time, or right. even as the owner now I'm traveling and John's traveling, we're all in different places. So, um, our employees and our patients and our clients and for any business, if you listen to them and ask them, they're going to tell you what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. So, um, and if we listen and we are able to incorporate that into their experience in any business, well, we're basically building the business backwards, but it should be built with the client in and their focus. And, and I think it, it cuts off a lot of the struggle in the beginning. Wow. So, so what's the average, or maybe there's not an average, I, I imagine there would be, but um, what's the average practice in, in your field? Uh, what's the number of employees in the average practice? Yeah, so the average practice is, is quite some, is small when you um, look at the statistics. So it's anywhere from, say, depending on the area, 600,000 to 700,000. Um, in gross revenue a year. And I'd say with that, you're probably looking at four or five employees. Really? For a, for a solo practice. Now, there's some doctors that have multiple locations. Um, yeah. But for a one, one location practice, we are in the top 1% of the country with the amount of people we serve each year without having a, a surgeon on staff. So we are we are very proud of what our, our staff and our, our community has helped us build to. Dude, that's incredible. So 70 employees, how many docs are in your practice? Uh, we have nine doctors currently on staff. That's awesome. So, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so if you're only, if you're, uh, and I say you're only grossing, and there's, there's people that'll watch this, it'll say six or 700,000 is a lot of money. However, when you spend three hundred thousand to get an education, <laughs> like six hundred grand in gross is not a whole lot. But so you guys obviously are doing a whole lot more than that, and and you know I, I think it's incredible. But you know this is about this this again. This show is all about um, my buddy Dr. McCloy is on here right now. He said plenty smiley face, but. Um, <laughs> He, you know, this is about people having a breakthrough and, mm -hmm. and, you know, people get stuck in life and, you know, we all hit those bumps. I'm sure that when you started your practice with four or five employees and, and you and your, your, your business partner who John's amazing too. Um, but like you guys, um, had to have hit some some bumps in the road, I would imagine, like where you're like, oh, this yeah. is it. We're done. Let's go find jobs. <laughs> I hear yeah. that practice down the road's hiring. Let's go talk to them. Right. 
Yeah, we definitely had those evenings. You know, I'll tell you that uh, those discussions, I mean, you know, in the beginning when you're starting up and cash flow is tight and you're borrowing money from family members to buy the practice in the first place, you know, it's um, and, you know, an insurance company doesn't pay you for three months. Well, who's the first person that doesn't get paid when you don't have the revenue? Well, it's obviously John and I, you know. There were weeks that we didn't have the money in the bank account to pay ourselves first, you right. know. Um, and it really, that first three years was was not easy. I mean, we used to stay at nighttime to do our own billing and, and coding and stuff um, because we couldn't afford to expand at that point. But what it did was it allowed us to gain that knowledge from yeah. the inside, and then it helped us teach and expand that to our people that we brought on as our work family expanded, you know? So it was brutal at times, in the beginning. <laughs> uh, but again, it's, it's, you know, it happens for a reason and it helped us gain more knowledge in what really needed to be done to be successful. Right. Did you, did you, um, uh, Oh, something just happened. Hang on real quick. Can, can you still hear me? Okay. I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. Something happened here with my, uh, there we go. Um, did, were, was there ever a time though, um, like a moment that you can remember where you guys were maybe even like, cause I know what happens. Like I've had, my wife's been my business partner for nine years, 10 years now. So, you know, there's many times where it's like, all right, you know what, Let, we're going to split up here. We're going to like <laughs> just get, you know, it gets intense sometimes when you own a business and, and like, you know, of course that's not reality, but, but what has, was, have there ever been times or were there ever times where you're like, I, I just don't see how this is going to work anymore. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you have those discussions where, you know, we tell people all the time, John and I have built a relationship over the years where we can say whatever we truly feel and we expect that from each other. But we've had plenty of yelling, screaming matches to end evenings (laughs) and where it's just like, you know, we don't want to even talk to each other or look at each other at the end of the day. Right. Right. Uh, And it still happens now. But, you know, not a bad thing, because. When you build a setting where each person feels comfortable enough to truly say how they feel, the difference is when we come in the next day, we are right back to work. We respect each other for our individual opinions, and and that's how we do it, right? And there's only two of us, so if one of us feels strongly about something, I'll say to him, John, you know, give me this one. You got the next one. You know, like, so we worked out that relationship where we respect each other's opinions because we are very different in our mindsets and how he's handling his side of things and I'm handling mine. But when we put them together, like, you know, what working with your wife, when you put the two together and you collaborate, you accomplish so much more than you would as an individual. And then you get you get more viewpoints and, and you can serve more people. I, I absolutely love it. You know, I, I think that too many people. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, I, I'll, I'll call them um, just I'll just say new entrepreneurs out there on social media that, um, you know, I mean, look, it's not easy owning a business. It's not easy. And in, especially in the first for me, 
in the first five years, it was like, how in the world am I supposed to, I, I like, you just don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and, and it, it, it's terrifying. And, and so along the, uh, the way you've run into plenty of people who, that you've met, um, <laughs> Doug McCloy says one plus one equals three or more, <laughs> like, right. Right. So, so, but like the people that you've run into in life that are stuck, whether they're doctors, which I know plenty of doctors that don't know anything about running a business or marketing and that I've worked with and, 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 you know, so, but those people that you run into that they're stuck. They can't get unstuck. They can't get out of their own way. What what are what are some of the biggest things? One or two top things in your mind um, that are keeping people stuck and not able to move through and bust through those barriers holding them back? The walls. Sure. You know, over the last couple of years, I would say as we've had all these conversations with business owners, whether they're medical doctors or or just small business owners, because we've been able to gather all this information like you're speaking about, about what is the thing that they, that holds them back. Right. And I'm going to say for the, the doctors, the thing that holds them back is the comfort, the comfort oh. of, I have this right now and this is doing okay. Right. Yeah. Could it be doing better? Yes, it could be doing much better. Can your lifestyle be much better? Yes, it can. But that idea of leaving okay or comfort to accomplish something even more is not how our society, especially doctors or small business owners, are, are, are training our thought process over the years. It's like, okay, you know, they're like, well, doing well. Well, you're doing the job of five different people. Right. You're going to burn out by the time you're 50 years old right. or five years old or worse, you are not making the revenue you should be in your business. So you're going to have to work to your 65 or, or 70 years old. Right. Yeah. And that's been the biggest challenge of the comfort of what they have to risk that to accomplish more, you know. Right. Uh, and it's the unknown of, of running a business. You know, it's it's so challenging. You know, the financial background that I grew up with, anyone we're working with now, we're, we're putting in structure. We're putting corporate structure in place to help them delegate and put protocols in place and train their staff so that things are handled. So if the business owner wants to focus on what they truly enjoy, they could focus on that. And then we build the corporate structure around them so that their other employees are running things so that you're not wearing five different hats. Cause you know what happens. You're going to get burnt out. You're not going to enjoy your passion and why you went into business for yourself in the first place. I, I, amen. I, I mean, I, I, we've all been there. And you know, when you're, when you're at sitting at your desk at 1130 at night and, and you know, you got to get up early and you're still working and you know, you have, five more hours worth of work you have to cram into one hour or, you know, yep. I, I mean, and, and that's, that's what it's like. And again, 
you know, um, I interviewed my wife on, on the show last week and, and she, one of her things is never underestimate the value of a good paycheck. <laughs> like, you know, because there's, yeah. there's so many times you, you just, it's, again, especially in the beginning, um, you, you watch your account dwindle and you're thinking, mm -hmm. man, all right, I'm going to get paid this week. <laughs> and then, then you you pay everybody else and everything else, and you're like, $5. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get five bucks. We're eating ramen noodles again. So, yeah. you know, I think that, that um, a, it doesn't matter what your level of education is, what profession you're in. Um, if you're going to own a business, it's going to take a lot of work. It, it really does, you know, and, and it's so funny that you said that about the paycheck, because think about if you take a vacation when you own your own business, you don't if you're generating the revenue, that means you don't get any money at all that week. <laughs> right. Right. So so that's why we've really you know, we focus on eliminating years and and helping quality of life for our clients and that we're coaching at this point by educating and helping their staff accomplish the goal and the vision for the company that the doctor wants to or the small business owner wants to accomplish, right? So it's just, it's putting the pieces in place in an organized fashion to accomplish the main goal of the business owner without them running themselves into the ground. Or, you know, I, I, I in my uh, speech, I always talk about the turning point for me personally was my son started T-ball. It was Saturday mornings. I was seeing patients every Saturday morning still. I missed every one of AJ's T-ball games, okay? Mm. Now, I had, at that time, that wasn't a problem for me because I'm a worker, right? We know we own our own business. We got to work. Yeah. In the future, I'll get to more games. That's the way I always kind of traded it off. But where even with my financial background, the mistake that I made was by working all those Saturdays, I made extra revenue that year. It put me into the next tax bracket. So I netted the same amount as the year before. Right. I missed all the T-ball games and I took home net the same amount of money that year. And oh. that's when I said, I need to change and incorporate my business philosophies more into what I'm doing personally so I can maximize that quality of life and still bring home the revenue that I wanted to accomplish. Wow. So, so, um, you made a big shift. I did huge shift. And, and what did that, um, how did it feel at first? It was really difficult to take my hands off of certain parts of the company, you know, and even with John's the same, we had two of us, but we needed to take a step back and focus on the skills that we were best at, you know, um, and we hired other doctors to work and take care of our patients because we were treating those patients for years before. But the transition to the great doctors that we brought on board uh, kept us expanding and expanding. And where in the last two years, I'm going to tell you that I'm not scheduled to see patients, both John and I, because we've been working with Uppercut and its expansion. Um, the only time I see patients is when a doctor goes on vacation and I fill in to keep my skills where they need to be. Uh, but on a weekly basis, both of us are not seeing patients and now we're servicing our medical and small business clients. Wow. 
That's incredible. So um, now when I met you two years ago, I don't think that was the case, was it? That was the beginning of the beginning. that that time, yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Dude, that's incredible. So so you are um, – talk a little bit about – because I, I I want you I want you to talk a little bit about how what you do now because I know you still have the optometry practice like you just said you have all these other docs working for you seeing patients and and generating the revenue on that side but you have another business you have a couple of other businesses I do I yeah. do let's let's talk about about uh, those things uh, okay. the the things you got your hands in. So my time is split between, obviously, the, the main medical practice, Westminster Eye Care, uh, Uppercut Consulting, which is our, our team approach to helping medical practices accomplish their goals, whether it's better finances, more revenue, uh, better team culture, or more quality of life. So the, the coaching part of things is geared towards our clients' goals. We are not one of those here's 10 steps on how to accomplish it, and this is how you do it, see you later, right? Right. Uh, we, we provide monthly support to our clients to answer the day-to-day -day questions that they're gonna have, and to the business owners, John and I work with them to put together growth plans in place to accomplish their goals. So uh, I, we're also, I also own a medical lab, Mandalay Optical, and that lab has been expanding as Uppercut has been growing. So we provide great services to our, our clients to provide ophthalmic lenses to practices at a really cost-efficient price because it's coming from the doctor. So everything is designed for the doctors by us, you know, so it's owned by the doctors, John and I. Wow. And then I have a real estate investment corporation that I started 17 years ago, um, which I recruited my wife to do a lot of the work for with tenants and stuff yeah. and uh, um, and so that's really uh, been a great it's my, that was my retirement plan was the real estate to keep investing in that in multifamily units and stuff so that's what I've been spending my time doing and uh, and more small business seems to be on the way in 2019 um, I just had some meetings down in New York and stuff where I'm really excited to be speaking and, and doing more engagements to help small business um, accomplish their goals because it's really challenging to get off the get off the deck when you're by yourself or hire those first couple of uh, staff. You know, you've never hired someone before. What do I do? Right. How do I do that? So, so that's where we've been. That's where I've been spending uh, and focusing more time coming in 2019. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, and you, I know you read my book and, and, um, you know, I told a story in that book. It's, it's a true story. When I hired my first employee, a graphic designer working for me, um, full time, I think he only made like 500 bucks a week. It wasn't crazy money. Right. And, and, but I can remember this one and I couldn't like, uh, you know, I, I don't I hear these small business owners that, that, that start out and and they, you know, two years later still have a million dollars in credit available. And all, and I'm like, dude, I couldn't finance a bologna sandwich back then. <laughs> and 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 I was like, like, I, I, I don't get like I, I literally couldn't pay this guy like I could not make payroll this one week. 
and I was freaking out, felt horrible. Like I didn't know I was just like making calls. People had owed me money, trying to get them to pay. And, and, and I wasn't getting anywhere. And, and so I called a friend of mine, his dad owns a hundred million dollar a year company. And, and I called the, the, his dad and I said, I, I won't mention their names, but I, I said, um, I don't want any money. I don't want a loan. I'm calling for advice. And he said, sure. He, he's As he's on the way in his $150,000 Mercedes driving to the to the golf course, the country club, I'm like, how do you get from, I mean, was it ever rough for you? How do you get from where I am right now, not able to pay this guy? And I'm standing outside in the parking lot because I didn't want the guy to hear that I couldn't yeah. make payroll. And because I, I always believe that something's going to come through and it normally does. But yeah. he said, man, there's no secret. You just got to stay in the ring, keep running, keep fighting and don't let the tiger catch you. That's it. Yeah. And it is, it's a, it's a constant battle. Right. Um, and you know, I remember when I first got started, we bought the practice. I didn't have the money to buy a car. <laughs> so right. people were like, well, you're a doctor you know, just because you got a doctor. It doesn't automatically make you have a hundred grand in your bank account when you're done with school. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's the you opposite. Love- you're way in debt. Exactly. You, you actually have a mortgage on a house that you don't have. <laughs> right. When you get out. So, right had to pay for your apartment and I didn't have enough to pay for a car. And I had to go to my parents and say, can I borrow mom's car for, for six months? I had to borrow my mother's Nissan Maxima to, to get around in Providence, Rhode Island for the first six months, just to get myself established, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, amazing stuff, but yes, the sacrifice in the beginning is there, but that's what makes you appreciate the success once you start to attain it and help others, you know? Yep. That's right, man. That's right. And I know, you know, and people see things and, and they make assumptions. So I'm sure, you know, you get the same messages being hit up for money all the time. And would you donate for this and donate for that? And, and I, I do as much as I can, but you know, it's still, even, even when you attain certain levels, like they're not unlimited and, and, you know, it's like you have to have budgets in place and that's what you, you teach people is, is, is what everything that we're talking about. So how did, so you, I, I know when we first started talking a couple of years ago, you were doing uppercut, which I don't even think you had, did you have the name yet? I don't even think we had the name the first time we talked. Yeah, because so. because I I think I think you were reaching out and we were bouncing ideas off of each other for it or something. I don't remember, but the details. But so you now like you're you're training other docs across the United States on how to how to um, better run their practice, grow it um, exponentially, and and then you were saying that now some. Um, just regular old non-medical business owners are reaching out to you. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, obviously social media reaches so many people. And, you know, a couple of years ago, for years I used to help, you know, people behind the scenes and John and I would help them and stuff with their business. And, and it was just like a small thing, but, but with the, it, the taking on social media, which I was never on until, um, probably about the same time I met you, actually. Um, And at that time, I hired a business coach that specializes in social media. 
And, and she told me her exact words were, I am not going to work with you unless you open a Facebook account. <laughs> so, exactly. So I was like sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is why I hired this business coach. I need to get, I need to get better at the things I'm not doing to help others. And, and she put her foot down in an ultimatum and I was like, Ooh, I, I kind of respected that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but that's allowed me to reach so many more people and the emails and the messages that we're getting um, about helping small business owners because they're really, truly, they're really hungry and they have the passion to be successful. They're just not sure how do we help them through that transition, especially when they're going from one employee to say seven or 10. Right. And, and you know, the statistics, you know, two thirds of small businesses are, are closed within three years of opening. Right. And, yeah. and that's unfortunate because small business, in my opinion, is really what helps our economy grow. And everybody knows Amazon and Apple and, 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 you know, all these bigger companies. But if you look at certain areas of the country, small business is what really provides jobs in the communities and for the kids that are going to school where do they get their jobs in the summertime? They're going to the small businesses. If the small businesses aren't doing well, it affects the kids and, and the opportunities they have to not only learn a skill while they're in high school or college, but also the networking. How do they get to meet other people if they're not in that work atmosphere? You know, right. There's, there's so many people out there with college degrees that are brilliant and they just can't get their foot in the door. So they're becoming entrepreneurs, which is great but they still need some help and guidance in that. And, you know, our experiences, we could help them shave off a lot of those sleepless nights, not all of them, because when you're a business owner, as you know, you're, you're going to have sleepless nights. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, but if we could shave off a few of those nights and a couple of years of that learning curve and help them through that, um, that's what we find most rewarding and what I enjoy doing. That's awesome, man. So now are you doing that under the umbrella of Uppercut? Um, right now I am, but something new, which is not, I cannot launch yet officially uh, and announce, uh, will be coming probably in 2019 for a more formal small business uh, coaching and help. So That's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's totally awesome. So you... Um, like along the way, you know, I, I, I'm, I like to, I'm a very transparent person as, as you already know. I mean, we know each other pretty well. Um, and man, I've made some mistakes in business and in life, right? What's the, what's the, cause everybody makes mistakes, man. I, I, that's, that's one of the things about social media is, is, you know, there's a lot of people trying to paint themselves perfect out here. And I never, if you, you trying to paint yourself perfect, I don't, I, I, I automatically don't trust you. So, right. And, mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're like that. You're just like, Hey, this is, this is the way it is. Like what's one of those mistakes along the way that you've made that mm -hmm. you were like, man, that was bad. I, 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 don't, I, I how, how do we survive this? You know, the biggest mistake I'll say business-wise uh, was we bought a software program to do electronic medical records. 
And the price tag on that was north of $90,000. Yikes. So the reason I made the mistake was John and I, at the end of the year, we had profit in the company. We wanted to take advantage of the tax write-off and reinvest back in the company because we're very big believers in reinvesting back in ourselves to grow ourselves and our business. Every year we're reinvesting. The thing we did not do is we did not take the time to research at that time, because we were young, the implications of not only taking on this software, but what it would do to our staff and our patient experience. So what happened was we launched it, it decreased our efficiency and revenue by 50% the first two weeks. So, Yikes. So we spent 90 grand oh. to try capitalize on a tax write-off, and then we had patients waiting, getting upset with us, and and we were seeing half the revenue come in. So we're sitting there and we're like, wait a second, we're going to make ourselves go out of business, you know, oh. uh, because we were trying to keep up with what other practices were doing. We wanted to be the first one into the space. I think we were the 41st company to be on this platform, and um and we thought we were cool, right? You're young, you're 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 yeah. you're not afraid, right? Things are going well, you're making decisions, and then two weeks after you got half the money in the bank account and you're like, wait a second, this is not uh, what we gonna be, right? Yeah. Um so you know, learning from that in retrospect, what we do now is we still investigate and do a cost analysis on anything we are going to acquire. And from the point of view is not only what does this cost us, but is it going to help the client or patient experience? And what is our return on that investment going to be? Because if we could all do that with anything we are doing, what's the benefits of us buying this piece of equipment or investing in this part of the company? And we build in almost a profit idea first. So it's almost like, okay, I'm going to invest $100,000 in this. We need to deliver X amount of clients per month to cover that, plus build in extra for the business owner because you need to build in the profit. A lot of small businesses don't build in the profit. Right. And that's where we make the mistake because if our numbers are off or we have a bad month, building in that profit allows you to still pay yourself as the business owner, you know? Yep. But if you're just looking at it, you don't want to do things from a cost analysis for free because, well, you're putting in extra effort, extra time, extra staff power, so you're actually losing money. So we've learned from that to do in-depth cost analysis and anything we're trying to invest in, whether it's a a piece of medical equipment, whether it's a real estate investment building, um, you have to do your due diligence before and talk to the people around you that you know that have experience in this because there's so many great people out there that we could all learn from, you sure. know, especially social media. I mean, all you got to do is put a post out there and people are going to give you, and you know which ones to believe that have put in the hard work. Yeah. And, and you know the ones that are like, you know, for me, I, I'm not one of those people where, you know, I see something and, you could work less or that I, you still have to work. Maybe the definition of how people work is different. You know, maybe you're not sitting at a desk, but you're working on a train, you're working on the plane, you're working when you're traveling. Yep. That's all work, you know? Yeah. But 
So I think that's the most important thing and mistake that we made where I would say for small business owners to really look at how you reinvest in yourself and your company to keep it growing. Because sometimes being first to do something can backfire yeah. uh, unless you're in a really comfortable position to, to take that risk, you know? Right. Yeah. So if, if, if you were to say, um, I, well, let me just ask you what, what is the one piece of advice? Um, and maybe it's not one, maybe it's two or three, but what are the top one to three things that any, um, practice, whether mm -hmm. it's an optometrist, a dentist, a, a gynecologist, like if what, or just a business owner, what are the top one, two, three things that they could do immediately to, Im that are easy, that would improve their business? Yeah. So the, the first thing I would say, first one, one will be a little more general, but work on your customer service. Because in any industry, whether you're a medical professional or small business owner, the most important thing is about the customer experience. And that, that's what's going to help your business grow. And a lot of people will say to me, I'm a doctor. It's not about customer experience. I got news for you. It is all about customer experience. Yeah. And it's about not only the doctor's customer experience, the service, you know, experience, it's the the front desk, it's the call center. So we're very big on setting up a call center where people, real breathing people in our call center answer the phone and give that personal touch. And they are dedicated to answering within three rings so that people are getting that experience. Because the first experience with any business is either the phone call to inquire about services yep. or Facebook website kind of thing, depending on the location and stuff. So you need to have the personal experience and the customer experience really top notch and ready for any industry because you never know when people, and if they, if you don't get them in the first three rings, you know what they're going to do. They're just going to call someone else. Right. Yeah. So, um, that doesn't matter. I could be the best optometrist in the world, but if they don't get past the phone call and book an appointment, they don't know how great I am, right? So, Amen. Um, so that's that's the, the the one thing I would say for the medical practices and for the small businesses, I would say you have to keep evolving, you have to keep growing. So costs are constantly going up in our country for running a business, yep. especially a brick and mortar business, right? Yeah. Your taxes are going up. Um, Everything is constantly going up, just the cost of doing business. So you need to grow every year just to stay the same, right? Yeah. So you can't be afraid of change. And everybody is going to make mistakes when you make change. We make mistakes all the time. The only difference is we put in something, we implement it, we follow it, and then we make a decision. Is this something we could tweak to make better and improve on? Or is this something that's not going to work, scratch it and come up with something new? You can't be afraid to change things because that's the way to true growth, whether it's personally or business wise. There's so many things out there that can help your business grow 
and learning those things and analyzing them, I think are the two most important things I would say for medical business owners and for small, you know, small business. And that's one thing I know about you. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people I, I, I do business with, but one thing about you is I know you're not afraid to invest because you are definitely an investor in your business and I, and, and yes. take risks. We've been accused of being a little too aggressive, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> um, but it's fun. Yeah. It's, but it's a, it makes it exciting. If, if every day is not exciting, um, and I don't mean reckless exciting, right. I mean, exciting to do something new and and to help someone else accomplish their goals really i mean uh, what beats that really you right know? I, I i totally agree so if um and i ask this of uh, of every guest this this one question this i ask every single person on the show if if somebody came to you and said man i um i i i can't um can't pay my electric bill. It's getting shut off tomorrow. I, my car was repossessed last week. Um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm a mess. I don't know what to do. My business is failing. My dog died, and my wife is leaving me. What would you say to that person? What would you say to help them? Because you know, and I know that that's all. I mean, it's real, but the block is the block is mental. And, and so what would you say to that person to help them get over that, that mental block, that hump to help them start to do better in life? Right. You know, I always started with, and as hard as it is for some of these people, and I've, I've met with them and I've sat down with them over a cup of coffee and taken them out and said, let's talk about some things that are working in your life. What are you blessed for? What are you what what is going right right now? Let's focus on that because it's so easy to just get locked into all this bad stuff that's happening. And and you need to focus on some of the good things just to make yourself have some energy and be blessed that we're where you know that you're breathing and you still have this energy and spirit because if they're looking for an outlet and looking to change, well that tells me on the inside they have what it takes to turn it around. Right. Right. Um, and and it's about just taking something and getting through that fear factor and saying, what's one small step we could take tomorrow? Because it all starts with one small step. And then the next day, it's another small step. And you're going to have days where the steps are going to go backwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. They, they really are. You're going to be like, I'm on a treadmill right now and I'm not moving. Right. So but if you keep focusing and this is the hardest thing i believe in our society right now is to focus on one thing at a time you know uh, the, the internet social media all of these things they are great tools to make us all successful and connect with people but sometimes they can be distracting from the small steps we need to be taking in a positive fashion so i would tell them let's focus on where they see themselves, what their skills are, what skills do they have that they could share with others and then put together a plan of one small step at a time to get them in that direction so they could serve and help others. Because if you serve and help others, I believe that's where the revenue and the enjoyment will be there and it all follows. Wow, that's, that's incredible. 
So as we <clears throat> we're coming to an end here, but just just a couple of things. Um, number one, how can everybody follow you? Yes. Yeah, so the best way right now is to just reach out on on Facebook. Um, it seems to be for us. So um, whether you go to my, I'm still running a personal page and a you know and a public page. So just Scott Colonna. Um, the public page is Dr. Scott Colonna and message me and I will get back to you. Or if it's not me and I can't be back to you right at that time, um, we will have you, uh, I'll have one of my team members get back to you so we can set up an appointment so I can chat with you. Cause I'm always looking to have great conversations with people. And, um, our website is uppercutadvantage.com. If anybody's looking for the medical service part of things, and if you're looking for the small business, just contact me directly. So. That's awesome, man. So <clears throat> one last piece of advice that you would give anybody struggling right now, what is it? I would say, especially at this time of the year, because, you know, the holidays are a challenging time for a lot of families. Um, you know, there's the, the pressure to, to, to provide and give and, and it, it's a really, ch it, it, we always think of it as a, as a really happy time. But there's a lot of people that are struggling at this time of the year from the end of the year pressure to provide for their families and stuff. And I would tell them to just take the first step and reach out to someone and ask them and learn from them what they could do. Because if you could reach out to someone, that is a big first step on trying to get yourself out of the hole you're in and take you know, take the right path to getting there so you don't have to go through this next holiday season. <clears throat> so it's really taking that, make a phone call, send a message, and ask someone, how did you do this? And can I learn from you? Because you will learn there's so many great people out there that are looking to help others. We just need to ask that question. So don't be afraid to do that. Love it, man. I love it. So anything else you'd like to share with, with everybody? Anything new coming that, besides the thing you can't announce yet? <laughs> no, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, I can't announce it yet, and, uh, but I'm really excited for it um, to Good. be able to, you know, more people. Um, I've traveled more in the last two years than I did in the first 15 years of my career, um, wow. which has been exciting. And it's also been challenging have a, uh, having a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. So we try to balance that as much as we can. Uh, but they're really excited about it, and, and they love what we're doing together. And I would say, you know, it's just focus on the family part of things first. And, and, and that's the most important thing that I always try to remember for going, you know, into 2019 and what we're trying to do. Because when they're on board and they're supporting you, um, it's a really special thing because when you accomplish something, you look over your shoulder and you want to share it with someone and you want to share it with your family or your close loved ones. So you always have to keep them in mind as you're going through this journey. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Scott, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, this has been booked for a while, actually. I think, I think you were like a month out or something. So, I know you're busy. I, I really appreciate you taking the time and and sharing your wisdom and nuggets with my audience. And, and you know, if as you already know, if there's anything I can ever do to help you, you, you I'm a phone call away. So um, well, I appreciate that. And thank you for having me and keep up the great work because you're giving 
so much great content out there with having your guests on and it's helping a lot of people. So keep up the great work on your part also. Thank you. I appreciate that. You guys have an amazing day. Thank you again. Everybody go follow Dr. Scott Colonna. I want you and my buddy, Dr. Doug McCloy to connect. You guys are both of the same mindset. So, uh, and you're both eye docs. So <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. You guys all have a great day. Thank you. Make sure you go follow Scott. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you.